Viking hot takes. Not sure I even needed to say it because the hot takes have been happening all week long on Climbing the Pocket. The Vikings beat the Bears, fire Mike Zimmer, and fire Rick Spielman. That's a whole lot to review in just 20 minutes. So come join y'all. Dave, get the rolling. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Viking Hot Takes. We've got me, Flip Mozzie. We've got Eric J. Thompson. We've got six questions and the fans with the answers in the comments. So buckle up and let's go. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm good. I had to wear some black because you know we the, we are the a lot of we're we're losing a lot of people. We already we already lost a, a head coach and a GM, and I think there's going to be a lot of turnover uh, in the in the coming months. Um, it was nice to go out with a meaningless W. I I think it only ended up costing them one or two draft picks, or maybe three or something. I think it was three, right? Because they could have gotten as much as ninth. So I'm sure that we won't overreact to the ninth, tenth, and eleventh picks in this upcoming draft. But uh, it's no, it was. Time time it's it's yep it, it was time it, with it's it's a new era and we're excited to uh uh figure out exactly what that era is going to be in the coming weeks that's true so we're just getting started like eric said and dave's gonna put the time on the clock we're gonna hop right in to the six questions eric i'm gonna start question number one grade the vikings offense Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, can I grade your questions? I mean, like, okay, last week okay. it was Greg Kubiak and Zimmer. Now it's tonight it's great offense and the defense. I mean, if I wanted someone to mail it in with the first two predictable plays to start us <laughs> off, I would have just hired Clint Kubiak. I just would have hired Clint Kubiak to be the co-host. <laughs> but no, I'm, in, in all seriousness, yes, it is. It's a season <laughs> review. I know. I'm giving you crap, but it, it was kind of fun. I, I, had, to, I had to throw it up. I, so I yes, it. it is technically. It's this is a def, different question, but I mean, I I have the same overall grade as I had for Kubiak last week it was it's below average i mean you have to do like the c minus d plus kind of thing because i think the volume numbers for the vikings offense were fine they were in the top half of the league in points and yards and net yards per attempt and they had the fewest turnovers i think i think they were tied there was like 13 turnovers but the drive Mm -hmm. stats and the epa stats that that tells a completely different story they were 28th in average drive time and 27th in uh plays per drive and that's great if you're scoring quickly like if you're throwing the 98 vikings out there and they're scoring every two minutes that's great but it's not great when it's paired with this stat that uh, I tweeted out today that the Vikings tied with the Texans, the Houston Texans, that train wreck for the most three and outs this season with 53 of them. That it's just Maddie. completely inexcusable. It's and I mean yeah. we we all kind of agree that the defense wasn't good enough. I mean that's ended what what ended up getting Zimmer canned. I think you know that was it, he's a defensive coach. The defense didn't do enough. But this offense with the quarterback that's averaging, I mean, we could talk about next year's salary, but averaging over the course is like $33 million a year and two stud wide receivers that played for the majority of the year and plenty to offer out of the backfield, even when Dalvin Cook isn't playing every single game, you definitely have to share some of the blame. It, it, it's, it was just not good enough on the offense, especially, and it was like every time they needed a big driver, a big answer. I mean, there was that stretch there for two or three games where the Vikings had 
I think four or five takeaways and they scored a whopping three points off of it. And I think they got a grand total of about four <laughs> yards off of it. That's it's just, yeah. it's, it's situational football. And that's where they really struggled that the opening scripts were great. They would score a lot on those, but it, when they really needed a drive or when they need, needed to control the ball, they gave it back to that below average defense way too quickly. Yeah. And you see, yeah, that was a great question. Cause I just got a great answer out of you. They're calling you <laughs> Eric, the eviscerator right now and like you said the number the number one thing is that 53 three and outs that's more than three times a game on average where the defense is off the field take a two sips of water you're right back on the field in four plays and uh, the sum was less than the parts look I know the pass game was good but the run game was atrocious and like you said the sum was just less than the parts so going forward, that's kind of what you need to ask yourself is how are you going to get more out of the offense? Next question. Okay. All right. My first one for you is, are the Vikings entering a full rebuild now that they fired uh, – not fired Cousins. That's a Freudian slip, isn't it? Now that they fired Spielman <laughs> and Wishful <Zimmer>. thinking. <laughs> uh, no, yes. Yes, and our, our okay. CTP man, Miles, you know – He's calling it a reset, which I love. It's not even a full rebuild. People get confused by the term rebuild all the time. This is a reset. We might as well change the logo and the colors of the team because this team is going to look very different in 2022 and beyond. I, I count 13 free agents who saw significant time this season and are no longer under contract. And they're $7 million over the salary cap. So they have to cut back even more before they start to replace those 13 players. So that's what? That's 20 new players minimum for the Vikings to to go with a new head coach and a new GM. It's a reset. Yeah, I think, I mean, when... I don't think they're blowing it up like a lot of these teams that have to do that. Where that's why I think you know the the Vikings are kind of at the top of a lot of lists of most favorable yeah. uh, positions for prospective GMs and head coaches because there are a lot of pieces in place and I think there's a pretty good infrastructure in place. I I don't think that the the Wilfs are interested in going and completely bottoming out and rebuilding from the the studs. I mean, Mark Wilf said in the press conference, he said, you know, they expect to be competitive in 2022. And I think he's going to do everything in his power to be competitive, at least to be, you know, to to not be one of the the, the bottom teams and, you know, to not be the the Lions or the Jets or the Texans or one of those kind of teams. Well, that's such a vague, yeah, that's such a vague term. What does competitive mean? Were right. we competitive yeah, this year? Yeah, up until like the yeah, until it mattered. Yeah, I mean that's I, I yeah. think that that's that, that's what they're they're going to shoot for to be around that. I don't think they want to pick in the top three going forward and things like that. But I think they're going to hire a GM and a head coach with a clear vision of what they plan to do in the immediate future because this is the NFL these days. Very few people are going to get the three, four, five year plan. I mean, you really have to screw it up to only get one year as a shot at it, but we see that a lot more often than we see, you know, if, if things go really bad, we saw a few teams do it this year for uh, one reason or another. 
there's, it's really, really rare to see you know someone get a leash of three, four years unless there are some results in those first two, three years. So there's no because in you know there's no doubting the passion and loyalty of Vikings fans. No one can accuse us of being bandwagon fans because there's really not a whole lot to celebrate over the last several years. But I mean that said. You really think that they're going to pack out U.S. Bank Stadium like if the in December if this team is like three and twelve next year? Like I mean, we kind of saw the, the yeah. you know the attendance was fine for the Bears game, but that that was a really quiet stadium, and I think that's that's the the Welsh realize that they have to put at least a decent product on the field, and I think that's going to influence a little bit the decisions they make going forward. Yeah, I just I don't think it's even in their control. Like we talk about the wrecking, like we think about a rebuild, like swinging a wrecking ball at a building and maybe that's not what happens what's happening here but that building has already started to fall apart we've already seen it over the last two seasons and the fans kind of already are at rock bottom so maybe not from a competitive standpoint but from an excitement standpoint that's what brings fans into the stadium is new exciting players or a new exciting coach because, again, it's already crumbling. It's just about removing a few more columns, if you ask me. Right. And I think that's the number one thing that Vikings fans were sick of these last couple of years is it was more of the same. And if you brought back Zimmer and Spielman, it was going to be probably more of the same. I think we saw the ceiling of that regime. So new is going to be exciting. It might not have results right away, but it's, at least it'll be, it'll be different. And I think that's what Vikings fans are really waiting for. Yeah. Oh, okay. So second Critical question, Eric. And the best part about the Vikings playing their starters in week 18 is we get to actually review the season stats and not have to discount or throw away the last game because they tried in all 18 of them and we still have this defense to talk about. So overall, how did the defense fare? I mean, right now, like after the season, you have to... you can officially give it an F, right? Like that, it wasn't good enough. This, it was. I mean, uh, Reef Hassan from the Athletic, our, our buddy, he he uh, he had an article basically that boiled down to yes, there were a lot of factors in the offense that we already talked about today. But the defense is what let Zimmer down, and probably what cost him his job. It was not good enough. They had uh, a lot of pieces they that they gambled and lost with. To be frank, they they signed a lot of the the one year deals that we're talking about. That's why there's so much. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of turnover, and I'm going to talk about that in in my next question. But it's it just wasn't good enough. I mean, with the I, they were I think 30th in yards overall. I mean, they were uh, 28th in passing yards against. It was and the most of their analytics ratings were a little better than that, but it still wasn't. You know, the, a lot of you know I <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but there were people talking about that this defense could be top five or even top one going in because with all the new pieces and it was absolutely nothing close to that. And if they, this defense was, you know, even top half overall, I think in the league, they, they probably would have snuck into the playoffs. It just wasn't. And they're, they're really going to have to press the, this, at least that side of the ball. I think there's going to be a pretty, they're, they're going to have to hit the reset button for yeah. sure. Yeah. If, if you, I don't give them an F now, I'm never going to give them an F. Um, but they failed. I they failed to say, make the playoffs. They failed their coach. They failed everyone. I will say that when you look at some of those same analytic stats and rate stats, their DVOA was middle of the right. league. Right. Their EPA per play were middle of the league, you know, 15th. 
it's the same rankings that the offense got. So we're giving the defense an F for basically the same overall performance right. when you adjust for, for, for opponent when we're giving the offense a B minus. And that doesn't add up to me. And I will, you know, admit that there were some really bad moments. The run defense was atrocious, and that's really sad to see, really disappointing because Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, are are going to be involved going forward. So they struggled to get off the field. I just, I'm a little hesitant to, to put it all on them when they have similar analytic ratings and like we just talked about they basically they only got two sips of water before they had to be right back on that field yeah i think that that's totally fair the perception is a lot like that the offense was up here and the defense was way down here reality is that they were pretty close but this uh the new regime and the fact that the the, the vikings the the the, i like that four ply sharman soft um it was it the it was a lot close. It was really a team effort. That's the Mike, Mike yeah. Zimmer lost the team. He didn't just screw up the defense or a couple parts of it. This was this was a systemic failure, and I think that's why that there there's going to be a lot of new faces with the team next year. Okay, yeah. my my yeah. second one for you. Speaking of that defense, how many defensive starters are going to be back in 2022? Because I don't think the number is very high. <laughs> okay so caveat i'm just gonna say there's 12 starters even though there's 11 on the team i like to include Fair. the nickel linebacker or, or the base linebacker and the nickel cornerback so of those 12 guys i'm gonna say hopefully five will be back and that's cam dantzler uh michael pierce dalvin tomlinson and then two of Kendrick Smith, Daniil Hunter. So that's good but old. Obviously, if they have to trade one of them or if one of them asks for a trade, it could be less than that. But either way, it's less than half of the defensive starters should be back in 2022. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, let's walk through it. I think Hunter, unless they're really rebuilding and doing everything, he's going to come back. I think Tomlinson and Pierce... They were technically starters. I think, you know, Pierce, I don't think, has any money guaranteed to him next year. They could definitely move on. But I think Pierce showed yeah. enough. It's just a matter of being on the field. If he's struggling with injuries again, maybe they get rid of him in preseason or something like that. But I think those two will be back. Griffin, obviously, for a variety of reasons, he's out. Um, like, Barr basically said goodbye on Instagram right after the Bears. So I'd be very surprised if he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendrick, so sure, he'll be there. I mean, the the secondary basically is already half gone. I mean, Alexander was, I think he he retained that title through week 18 of being the worst corner in PFF grade. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. I didn't check after that. But uh, he's gone. I mean, Breland's already got, Breland, a starter, already kicked off the team. And the only one, I mean, Dantzler, yeah, he'll be back because he's on a rookie deal. And Peterson, I, I would think about bringing back just to have a leadership because there's going to be a lot of new faces in that room. But like, Xavier Woods, He's I gone. think Bynum is going to, yeah, I think his replacement's already been found. I think Bynum's a cheaper replacement. And Harrison Smith will be around, I think, at least next year. So, I mean, I think there are only three absolute yeses for, that you can say that. But I think maybe closer to, at the very most, six, probably somewhere around four or five. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's okay. going to be different, like we said. It's just going to be different. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Eric, the next Vikings GM 
and I want the fans. I want your opinion on this one. The next oh, Vikings we're gonna get GM the should be blank. <laughs> oh boy, this is this is a tough one. I I first of all, it looks like they're they're casting the Vikings. The Wilfs are they're casting a wide net, and they're targeting a mm-hmm. lot of younger, up and coming, you know, assistant GMs player personnel kind of people that have had recent success like you know on on these teams like the Eagles and the Browns that have had some pretty recent success of team building. And that makes sense to me. I like the approach thus far. But again, we're very early in the process. We're four days removed or three days removed from Spielman and Zimmer actually getting fired. So we're still early in the process. Personally a few names that I like out there um Koise uh, Adolfo Mensa from the Browns. I'm hearing some pretty good things about him. Um, Ed Dodds, he he's had, has a pretty good track record uh, in Indianapolis. And, you know, maybe they pull a, a Elliot Wolf and you know pull a Brett Favre of GMs, take a Packers retread and win a couple games <laughs> with that. Um, and Brandon Brown and Catherine Race from the Eagles, I think, are, are some interesting names as well because it, it's. I mean, it's kind of ironic that the that that Peterson's getting so much love, even though like that he's gone and that the Eagles are still making the playoffs with a probably, you know, with after, after they replaced him. But so I, I don't have, you know, anyone I'm pounding the table for. We're getting a lot of, uh, of, of fun suggestions in the, in the comments here. I, I just want that. I, I hope the order is find a GM and that GM helps find the new coach, because I think that makes the most sense. You have to have those two working it in, in sync, at least uh, being somewhat on the same page. And I think Spielman and, and Zimmer were pretty much on the same page for a lot of the stuff. But I think a couple of the things where both of them were, were a little too stubborn is what got them in trouble. So hopefully um, one can lead into the other. Do, do you have any certain names that you're, you're a big fan of so far? I, I cannot go with a name here. It's too early, but I can go with an adjective. And my adjective is patient. Just anybody yes. who's going to treat this with a patient, long-term mindset, because I think the worst thing they can do is try to gain clout by saying immediate success. It happens now. I mean, you look at some of the other immediate successes around the league, whether it's Cleveland or Indianapolis or San Francisco, sooner or later, the road is going to get rocky. And, and if this is a 23, 2023, 2024 build, that's okay. You look at the NFC North, Detroit and Chicago have a ways to go. Green Bay, Rodgers may not be there in a few years. So there is a window. So the next GM just needs to be patient and hit that window. Yep, I, I agree. It, it's it. We both have discussed several times before either uh, Zimmer or Spielman got fired that it's probably going to be a step back in 2022, and that's okay if they're building towards the future. All right, yeah. My last one yeah. for you is in the same kind of vein. We're we're looking for a new one of these too. The next Vikings head coach will be, and you can't just say patience. You have to at least throw out a couple names that you like. This <laughs> head coach is more of a no, GM stuff that that's behind the scenes stuff. You got to be kind of a diehard for that. But but at least you have to have a couple people that you like. But the, the, you don't have to say that this is going to be the next one. But who do you, who do you like? I'm only going to say one. I'm going to say Byron Leftwich. I really just okay. like his um his experience both in uh pittsburgh and in tampa bay just that from a cultural perspective 
But the number one thing I'm looking for the next Vikings ho- coach to be is a janitor. <laughs> I mean, one okay, thing that no fine. one has really talked about is it's not just the players here. It's the rest of the coaching staff. We've got Clint Kubiak and Andrew Janoko and Adam Zimmer and Rick Dennison and Paul Gunther and A.C. Patterson. It is time to clean house off of this coaching staff. And for me, one of the first moments in excitement isn't just going to be the new GM or the new head coach. It's going to be watching them build that full staff and, and watching that come together compared to just the guys we have coaching right now. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that approach. And that I, I talked about this a little bit last week because we kind of knew Zimmer was a, a dead coach walking. But it doesn't have – you have to swing the pendulum just to swing the pendulum. You don't have to have a young offensive right. guru just because the last guy was an old defensive guru. Like, we, let, just get the mm-hmm. best leader because, again, everyone knows the X's and O's in the NFL. Everyone can call plays. Everyone can do that kind of stuff. But the person that can, that can get the most out of their players and assess their players the best – and not say, oh, hey, this is my system. I'm going to come in and we're going to do this, this, and this. Like, Take a look at who I have. Let, okay, what can we do to get the most out of Cousins? Let's get the ball to Jefferson more. What's, what does Steelon have left in the tank? How can we manage Cook and Madison so Cook isn't missing four or five games a, week, a year? Stuff like that. I think that's a, a much yeah. bigger part of it than saying, oh, hey, that's offensive, defensive guy. That said, we, we've got just over 30 seconds left. I do like Leftwich. I think he's probably right at the top of my list as well. Again, I think he's put in his dues at a couple different places, and I don't think it's just Tom Brady doing that offense. Um, Flores, if he can surround himself with better offensive coaches, I think Flores is a really good leader. I was... I, I don't think he did a very good mm-hmm. job at putting uh, offensive coaches around him in Miami. And I think that's a big reason why he's available. Um, the enemy, again, I think uh, Dable from Buffalo, maybe Kellen Moore. I, I'm a little worried that he's just the, you know, Hey, this, this is the Sean McVay look alike and sound alike, but um, it, right. it's exciting. It's, it, it's, it's a little scary. And again, they might take a step back before they take a step forward, but it's time. And speaking of time, time. and speaking of time, there it is. <laughs> right. At the On buzzer. the dot. I just always a pleasure, Eric. Fans in the comments, y'all know it. We're gonna be here for the off season. Not every week, but when we have hot takes, we promise that you'll hear them. And until then, Ever. enjoy the NFL playoffs. Maybe we can learn what winning football looks like. Eric, who, <laughs> you got your picks figured out for the super wild card weekend? Uh, not yet because they're too chalky right now. I'll, I'll post them on Twitter. I yeah. promise. But I, I I'm, I got to find which, which road teams are winning. Cause there's at least a couple that are, yeah. are going to sneak through. And, and hey, the, this, the Patriots crowd was hopping bills. tonight. Well done. Yeah. I, I think the bills handle Patriots that, but yeah, I mean, the Niners, maybe Woo! the Niners, maybe the Niners. I, I like that one. Yeah. We'll see. But, um, they, everyone, the, the participation was outstanding tonight. I love the comments uh, that obviously there, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of passion and opinions. It, it's going to be some exciting times for this team going forward. Definitely. So until next time, y'all, we're going to wrap this up. Skull bike. Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your 
favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.